Welcome to Pulse of the Prairies podcast, brought to you by the Saskatchewan Pulse Growers. Here we share information about farm practices, pulse markets, research outcomes, market development efforts, and much more. My name is Laurie Friesen, and I am the Seed Program Manager with Saskatchewan Pulse Growers. Today I'm talking with Nick Petruic, who is the Sales Manager of Petruic Seed Company, an independent seed retailer and pedigree seed producer near Avonlea and Brad Tomteen, who is owner and operations manager with Tomteen Seed Farm, an independent seed company focused on growing, processing, and supplying seed and grains near Birch Hills. We're going to be diving into some of the new pulse varieties that are currently commercially available, as well as hear more about some upcoming varieties that are in the pipeline for release in the coming years. We'll hear about Nick's and Brad's experiences with these varieties and how they are performing. So thank you so much, Nick and Brad, for joining us today. It's a pleasure to have you. Well, thanks for having us, Lori. Yeah, thank you. It's good to be here. That's great. So let's dive in right away with talking about what pulses do you grow in your operations? Uh, maybe start with you, Brad. Um, for us in our operation, we've uh, we focused mainly on yellow peas over the uh, number of years with pulses and uh, just in the last two three years we've started playing around a little bit with some soybeans um, looking for something to put into the rotation and uh, and help clean up some fields for seed production oh that's great it's nice to experiment with something a little bit new yeah it's it's kind of been a fun fun adventure it's fairly different crop from what we were used to growing and uh, there's been some learning learning curve along the way <laughs> yeah i was out this summer and saw your strip trials of soybeans they look fantastic yeah we were uh we were pretty happy with with how the soybeans turned out this year it was a nice hot summer and we had some rain and uh that's that's what the soybeans really like so it was uh, it was a fun year to grow beans that's great and nick how about you what what uh, pulses are you growing uh, it's probably more apt at which pulses aren't we growing right now. I'm looking at my list as I was uh, listening to you guys talk, and uh, we we focus a lot on lentils down here, um, and all all makes and shapes of them. Uh, large greens, uh, usually multiple varieties of each as well. Large greens, small greens, um, red lentils. Um, we have tried uh, you know the black beluga types before. Um, okay on the market um, but primarily we've also been focused on green peas versus yellows so don't have a whole bunch of yellows here um, and then chickpeas um, or the kabuli type that we've uh, you know decided to to work on so we try to um, pulses are very uh, you know big in our in our area have a very large draw so we try to have a, a wide variety for customers well that's fantastic so what are the pulse varieties that you've seen provide the most profit and value to growers over the years? What gets you excited as a seed grower? Well, honestly, down here in southern Saskatchewan, it's lentils. Like lentils built a lot of farms, I think, here in the, okay. in the 90s and 2000s. Um, I think they were a very big staple. I think they were extremely important crop to have in Saskatchewan at that time. Um, they gave us, gave us a ton of ability. So I think lentils are pretty near and dear um, here. And I think that's why we focus very heavily on them as well too, because we want people to have, uh, um, I guess, I guess a good option of a lentil for their farm. So it's, uh, you know, it's, we are, we do dabble in, in the peas, um, as I mentioned in some chickpeas, but 
um, our main focus is lentils. Yeah. Okay. And uh, what kind of, which varieties are, are you growing? Sure. Yeah. So for large green types, we have CDC Lima. And then as well, we have CDC Grim. We're just bringing that one up into production. Um, kind of at our, at our higher pedigree stage. We aren't quite ready to release that ourselves yet, but um, it should be really available, I think. The little large greens, small greens. And again, we do try to keep current with new genetics. Um, our new small green one is uh, CDC Jiminy, which uh, kind of laughing at the names that are coming out here a little bit. Kind of <laughs> a fun one. And uh, the red lentils we have would be CDC Impulse and CDC Simi. Yeah, and those would be the the main lentils we have right now. So trying to keep up with the newer ones, um, but again, not completely abandoning some of the tried and tested yet until, um, you know, un until they've proven themselves, which is important for us in our business. Oh, for sure. The nice thing about CDC Lima was it, it really did represent quite a significant yield increase over the previous uh, Clearfield uh, large green lentils. You know, maybe not as high yielding as uh, CDC Green Star, um, although it did have a, a yield uh, advantage in the north over Green Star, but you know for a clear field type, it is uh, it's very good, and it also yeah. has a larger seed. Have you seen that in your production? Yeah, it, it's a it's a good solid large green. It really has like you think you hit it on the head there. Um, we we would prefer to use a clear field um, system whenever we can. Um, we know how to manage it. We it fits our weed spectrums. And it is very uh, effective from a time management, um, you know, from a spray application. So I, I really like this variety. I think Lima is a great. Our customers have nothing but good things to say about it. Um, yeah, it, it's got that it, that yield capture um, that you know that you want. It doesn't have that yield drag associated with it. Um, and it's yeah, it's just an overall good large green, and we're really happy with it. And that's what makes me excited about Grim because it's kind of similar yield but has some more agronomic traits to it um, which we're looking for too yeah it does have improved resistance to anthracnose it's rated uh, moderately resistant whereas the other ones are intermediate so it does have that improvement that's right yeah brad what about you what varieties are you excited about uh, for us uh we've been pretty excited about uh Luachko. the last few years we've been growing it it's been uh, fairly good agronomically and uh, offers a little bit of a protein bump over some of the other uh, pea varieties. And uh, that's something that we uh, we feel is going to be an important part of of uh, pea production moving forward. And so that's uh, that's one variety that we've been excited about. And soybeans, uh, they're getting closer, but uh, I think we'd like to play with them for a few more years and get a little more comfortable with them before... Uh, where we got too excited about doing anything big acres on those. That's great. Yeah, you mentioned the protein at CDC Lawachko. It actually has the highest protein of the available yellow pea varieties. And uh, it was interesting. I was talking to some pulse processors in Manitoba, and they are specifically uh, targeting that one to get into their uh, processing plant. So that's exciting to hear. Yeah, hopefully we can see the acres start to grow on Lawachko uh, year over year moving forward. So uh, maybe move away from some of those older varieties and 
<clears throat> supply a variety that uh, might feed the market a little better. Yes. Yeah. And that's the thing is we need to, you know, get growers to move away from the older varieties. You know, CDC Meadow has been around for a long time and still captures, you know, the, the majority of acres. So, you know, it's time to maybe look at some of these that are, you know, significantly higher yielding, but also have some trade advantages. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Um, we did that uh, showcase plot yes. with you guys at summer and uh, I'm, I'm uh, a little younger and I haven't been around CBC Meadow a lot, but it was in that, uh, that trial and just the agronomic traits, the standability. And then like you mentioned, the yield of the newer varieties, it's, you definitely see that in our strip trials this year. That's great. Yeah, we really appreciated you doing that. It, it looked fantastic and we hope to do it again this coming summer and, you know, hopefully get uh, a lot of growers to come out and uh, see the different varieties and, and hear about them. Yeah. Yeah. It, uh, I thought it was great this year. It uh, was a really nice way to come out and get a feel for a lot of different varieties in one place and hopefully help guys to pick a new variety that maybe suits their operation moving forward. For sure. And Nick, you also participated in the, the variety showcase and you had both lentils and peas. So how did that, uh, how did you enjoy doing that? Oh, I enjoyed it when it was all done seeding. It was, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's always a little stressful when you've got, you know, 15 varieties to try to put in and make sure you're labeling them right and doing a good job and messing, you don't want to mess up. So I, I enjoyed it once that part was done. And, uh, but uh, honestly, Laurie, it was uh, it's a really good initiative. Um, I, you know, was asked both growers, you guys doing this? It's it's really good. Um, I would encourage anybody who's interested to to do one. Yeah, it, it is work to do it, but the knowledge you gain right away on your farm on your dirt is amazing. Uh, great support from um, yourselves as well. You know, like I said, like the setup and the prep was was a little bit of work. Um, there's things I would do differently in the future if I was to do one again, just some simple things, but I felt the tour is really good. Actually, I think I got to see some of your seed, Brad. I think it came down because uh, I, I did all the treating and packaging of it. So I got, oh, I, yeah, I, got right. I got to see some. I'm not sure if it was Luokcho, I can't remember, but it was uh, it was it was good looking seeds. So it was kind of fun to see all the seeds come in and, and look, at, look at them visually and then package them up for everybody. But no, it's a great initiative. Like, yeah, we had lentils and we learned because we had clear field tolerance uh, varieties mixed in with non-clear field tolerance. So that was kind of hard to spray a little yeah. bit. So, <laughs> you know, some small things like that. But yeah, like Brad mentioned, like yeah, there was a ton of learnings, ton of learnings uh, throughout the year, watching them. Like Meadow, you mentioned it. It was so early compared to the other varieties. It was mature and it was sitting there, you know, five or six days earlier than every other pea that we had on the farm. There, so like it was a really early variety. I never seen that. We don't grow a lot of yellows, um, but for me and my customers, it was a free crack at trying to, you know, I guess plan my future a little bit about which pulses I want to start focusing on too, because we did grow a bunch of the varieties that we had in there, but I didn't grow them all. So it really gave me a you know a real a good opportunity to to see them. So um, I, I hope you'll continue continue with it again. I hope others get a chance to participate in it as well too, because it is a really good, a really good initiative. Yeah, well, we we really appreciated it, and uh, you know enjoyed doing the tours, and uh, so I look forward to it in this next summer. Now, uh, how about green peas? 
Brad, are you growing? You're growing green peas as well, right? Um, we did yellows. some in the trial only, but that okay. uh, that was my first experience with green peas. Yeah, oh, we, okay. We haven't been uh, growing any for seed up here. Okay, but Nick, yeah. you have some, right? Yeah, we have uh, CDC Forest, so uh, that's the green pea we have, and it's a good green pea. It's just the green pea market's tricky, you know. It never seems to. It, it's kind of it's kind of hot or cold, like it's really hot or cold with it. But from a from a varietal standpoint, yeah, forest is a nice seed size. It's a, it's a decent seed. Like it's big enough. Um, it was the highest yielder in that um, trial that we did on the farm this year out of the green pea varieties. Um, you know, good standing plant, and yeah, really nothing too bad about it. Like it's. Yeah, I think it's a decent variety overall. Um, it's just not a huge part of our program just because of market demand right now. So yeah. maybe, and it is, it seems like it runs on a five-year cycle. Huge demand for green peas and then <laughs> nothing for a while, and then huge demand and nothing. So um, yeah. I, I think that will be, that's what make it a little bit challenging from a, you know, from a farmer trying to decide, I want to get into a new variety of greens, but timing the cycle of when you want that variety and when the price is up to. So um if you are a farmer who's looking for seed though it's probably better to you know time your purchase price when the cycle's down so a little bit right if you're looking from a cash flow perspective but yeah no that's a good point um yeah cdc forest has been the most consistent uh green pea over you know a number of different uh, geographies it's is the highest yielding that's available right now um it has uh, some bleaching issues i don't know if you saw that in the trial or if it stayed nice for you it stayed pretty nice again we had everything off before any major rain event this year so right. didn't really get a test at lori okay there are a couple of exciting new green peas that are up and coming um cdc rider which we released last year does yield similar to forest but is a little bit better for bleaching and also uh, rated MR or moderately resistant to fusarium, which is an improvement. And then a really new, uh, a really new exciting one, CDC Husky, which uh, will be coming out this year. And it is, will be the highest yielding green pea, uh, mm -hmm. quite a significant yield bump, uh, yielding like 109% of CDC Amarillo. Uh, again, good seed characteristics and moderately resistant to fusarium. So we're really excited to release that one. So it's maybe something to keep on your radar. Uh, we haven't seen a uh, green pea with that high yield before, so mm. something well, that some growers might be interested in. So how about uh, some of the uh, sort of new pulse crops? Anything uh, that is new, such as dry beans, have you tried, or faba? Uh, Brad, of course, you, you mentioned soybean. Uh, have you yeah. tried any of these, the new, newer or different pulse crops? So far, we've only uh, dipped our toes into soybeans, but uh, faba beans seem to be gaining acres, and uh, that might be something that we want to look at here in the future. Um, yeah, good for your Britain. area. It sure would, yeah. We, we tend to have kind of a shorter season, and the rainfall tends to be there. Um, and guys are definitely looking for something to put into a rotation. Uh, there's a lot of the canola cereal up here and if we right. can find a good reliable pulse to put into that um, I'd be pretty excited about that 
Yeah, the exciting thing with fava beans is there's in a big transition right now, uh, developing the the low vicine, con vicine varieties. Uh, those are anti-nutritional components found in fava beans. It only affects a small portion of the population, but for those that are sensitive to it, it can be quite serious. And so now the whole industry is switching over to varieties that have had those anti-nutritional components removed. And uh, so right now that's creating a lot of interest for using fava beans and fractionation. You know, the protein... Uh, derivatives from fava bean have good flavor and uh, you know there's a lot of protein that can be extracted from fava beans so that's you know something to consider all the new varieties coming out now will be low vicine con vicine okay yeah that could really uh, increase acres if if there was a larger market to sell into with fava beans yeah and you know we've been talking with processors who are setting up that capability and uh, I think you're going to see a big move towards that okay yeah well that's pretty exciting that uh, that'd be fun to see that develop over the next number of years sure yeah okay so are there some new pulse varieties that you know, have been released in the last 10 years that you feel could replace some of the older varieties in terms of performance that have been around a long time. You know, in small red lentils, uh, CDC Maxim still dominates acres. So uh, right now, you know, CDC Impulse and CDC Proclaim are starting to gain acres and take some away from Maxim, but it's still a ways to go. Uh, Nick, how do you feel about those two varieties? Oh yeah, I like Impulse. They're a great standing red. They they are. They're uh, they're solid. Like we we farm some land that's got some rolls to it. Roll to it, and you know I would say marginal lentil ground. You know it was not not marginal. It's just not desirable lentil ground. Let's say that that might be more accurate. Um, just okay. because of the roll and a bit of a stone in it. Um, but we're not afraid to put an impulse on that one. Um, just because we're really confident in the standability of it for the most part. Um, and it it's a it's a pretty strong performer from a yield perspective. A lot bigger seed on it too than I find in some of the other reds lentils. I don't know if everybody else sees that too, Laurie, but Yeah, no for sure. And and a thicker seed, which is something that processors prefer because it's easier for dehulling. So it's nice to see uh uh you know the small red have a thicker seed, which is good. Yeah, like no, and that's and that's good to know that the market wants that too, right? Because it means the variety, um, you know, got a good place. And for us, that's kind of the market standard now. Maxim, we don't even think Maxim anymore. It is, no. it's not even um, on the table or even a consideration for us. So impulse is our standard. It has to beat impulse now. So I'm hopeful for the simis that we have in. They're looking good. A um, lot different um, plant architecture though they seem to be a more tightly grouped and shorter plant again so again it's not um not saying it's bad but it is different than impulse so i think you'd have to you know just just be aware and i want to i want to see it for another year or two before i you know completely um, move away from impulse because i've been i've been really impressed with it and a lot of uh a lot of people in the uh, lentil growing area really like impulse so it's yeah. just it's really strong it is a strong variety. And also, you know, in looking at uh, long-term data from the regional variety trials uh, over different uh, geographies, we've really noticed that it's a very consistent high yielder and it's, you know, it does well uh, 
and in multiple different types of environments. Uh, I think uh, the new ones, CDC Nimble and CDC SIMI, are also very good. They're both showing a, a yield improvement, and particularly SIMI uh, in, in the southern areas, the brown and, and uh, you know light brown soil zones. Uh, it's probably the highest yielding one in that area. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that's that's kind of what we looked at when, when, when we made the decision on uh, which one to bring in. We looked at the data. I didn't see much difference between them other than, um, you know, where the yield was was grown in the north. It's yeah, it's, it's seen that semis fit better in my geography. But. Yeah, that's true. And that's what the data is showing, too. Uh, Nimble is probably a little more uh, even in the north and the south. So, you know, it's probably one that people could look at if they're a little further north or in the black soil zone. But certainly for the for your area, CDC semi is looking very strong. And Brad, did you have any more comments on, on some of the new varieties or? Yeah, well, you know, after doing the showcase trial, um, it kind of seems like there's there's not a lot of wrong choices with the new varieties. Um, mm. They all seem fairly strong. And, uh, you know, depending on the market that you want to head into, um, the Watchco, Spectrum, um, and, you know, Chrome, they've, they've all got fairly strong yields and good agronomic yeah. qualities. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, it just depends whether you're after that protein or not. And uh, a new one right. that that's just kind of coming out is that uh, AAC profit. Yes. And, uh, that looks like quite a strong performer. I don't have any experience with it yet, but uh, I'm definitely going to keep my eye on that one over the next couple of years and see how it rolls out. Yeah, I agree. That is going to be a strong variety. And and when I mentioned I talked to some processors in Manitoba, it was uh, Luwachko and Profit, the two varieties that they were actively uh, seeking. So... You know that's for that market is is a very good variety and also it is the highest one of the highest yielding in the north uh it's sort of similar to uh or the new one that's up and coming cdc hickey uh also yields very high in that northern area so those are some to watch out for okay yeah what's uh what's the uh, protein like on that hickey uh, it's it's good. It's not quite as high as Profit and Luwachko, but it's still uh, quite an improvement over the, the older varieties and CDC Amarillo and some of those. Uh, so it still has improved protein. Okay. Yeah, that'll be another one to watch out for. For sure. And the other thing with AAC Chrome, you mentioned, um, although it's, it's lower protein, uh, it has a very consistent high yield. So when we looked at uh, the RVT data or the regional variety trial data from multiple years over multiple locations, it ranked first overall and was most consistently in the first or second uh, highest yielding. So the consistency of that one is, is something to consider. You know, it helps a little bit with risk management. Yeah, absolutely. That's, uh, that's something that's that's quite appealing in a variety is something consistent year over year. So yeah, a lot of sure. a lot of farmers, us included, that's a it's a nice trait to look for. Yeah, yield stability for sure. CDC Red Moon, we had that one. Yes. In. So I was going to okay. bring that one up. Were you okay? Well, we'll talk about it now because honestly, I didn't give it much credit at first, and it was the it was the pain in the trial because it was the only non clear field. Lent, red lentil in the trial we yes. did 
So I was kind of perturbed by it just off the start. <laughs> just I had to try to work around it. And we are trying to move away from, you know, not, or we're we trying to grow only uh, clear fill tolerant ones because it's a management practice. So I wasn't really giving it much of a, much of a, a, a chance, I guess. But uh, when we combined it, it was phenomenal. It was way better. Like you, you mentioned at the tour that it, this is the highest yielding um, new red out there, even though it's not a clear field type. And you were right. It was there. And, you know, it made me, or it's going to make me look hard at it again in the future. Like, not that I want to get away from, you know, being able to use a clear field tolerant system, but the yield was there. And it was really good. It was really surprising. So I don't think you usually see as much of a yield spread on a red, right? Like with the yes. clear field system. But this one was. I don't know if that's. Um, yeah. So it's. It, it, I think it's a new a new variety that people should watch and maybe give it a chance if it performance keeps up because it's. It was good. It was really good. Yeah. No. That it is a very strong variety, and it, it you know sort of like what I mentioned with uh, the yellow P AAC Chrome, uh, Red Moon is so, sort of that for the small reds, and that it is the most consistent across years and across different uh, locations. It's always ranking, you know, towards the top end and, and most consistently in the number one position for, for yield. So, you know, I think if growers are able to deal with weeds using a different system, uh, I really would encourage them to try it. Well, it'll be worth the work, I think, for right now. Um, so I think it's something we're gonna look at trying to get in our pipeline, yeah. Well, that's excellent. Yeah, we've yeah, like I said, we've seen acres slowly increasing. So I think what's happening is growers are trying it and realizing that uh, there's an advantage there to growing it. So hopefully, we'll see more acres of it. So, what are some of the traits? You know, talking about traits that you would like to see more of in pulses, or some new traits that you're looking for. You know, Brad, would you like to comment on that? Uh, well, you know, we've we've kind of discussed it today a little bit. Um, you know, I think moving forward, protein is going to be very important in pulses. Um, with the uh, food market looking for a lot of uh, protein concentrates and things like that, that could become a, a really big uh, market in the prairies here. And uh, <clears throat> especially with uh, yellow peas to just keep improving disease resistance. Um up in our country, that tends to be a struggle with peas, um, high rainfall and heavy soils. Um, so right. that would be uh, that would be one of the more important things for us. Right. Oh, for sure. And what about you, Nick? What would you like to see? Well, yeah, following up on Brad's comment there, I'd like to see some gills put into some lentils so that they can survive the wet, the wet uh, ground and wet springs. It seems to be the only thing that really will completely decimate them is too much moisture but no seriously though it um <laughs> disease like a phenomyces is huge issue right um oh, down here i believe you're in the, on the right track with with grim looking at getting stronger resistance to anthracnose um you know lentils are difficult uh like they're not too hard to establish but they seem to be hard to keep alive throughout the year because they seem to get you know pressures whether it's too much rainfall, too much disease um, throughout. So I don't know if there's things like um, hairy type lentils that are more, um, I guess, less desirable to grasshoppers that we can start to look at. Because uh, grasshoppers, like, that's the best thing about growing peas 
is that you don't generally have to worry about grasshoppers as much or, or, or chickpeas because they're not feeding on them. But traits like that, um, I think that could be bred in, um, would be would, would be beneficial, especially because every time we turn around, it seems like we're losing tools with the uh, with the loss of some of these insecticides that were pulled off the market here oh, yes. last week. It's awful. Like you're sitting here expected to continue production, continue production, but yet you're you're limited. Um, yeah. And so I think those are the things. Like it's not just yes, yield yield's important. Bushels pay bills. That's always got to be the big thing. Yes. Um, but um, these extra things that keep getting thrown at farmers right now is really difficult to manage. So trying to develop, yeah, things that are going to diffuse uh, or, or deter insect pressures would be great. Um, grasshoppers, particularly for pulses, would be great. Um, I mentioned I mentioned uh, phanomyces. I know it's not a simple problem. It's a, it's a big problem. But I'm, uh, you know, it is a, it's a major one, I would say for sure, because it, uh, it just yeah. weakens the whole plant and lets the fusariums and everything else hurt it. So, yeah, those are the big things. And I like the clear field system, like I, like I mentioned. Um, if there's any way to, you know, get some ability to have a bit better, um, you know, some different weed control options would be awesome. But yes. um, I think the clear field system's pretty good for the most part. Um, I'm more concerned about losing all of our tools that are going to protect against pests. That's honestly where I'm more concerned about than um, than the other traits. So, yeah, no, I can I can imagine that that is the case for sure. How about in chickpea, you, Nick? You mentioned you were growing some chickpeas. Yeah, um, trait like we, we have a new chickpea called CDC Lancer, and it's a clear field yes. tolerant one. So I'm excited about that one because it, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to overuse the Clearfield system and lose and lose it because I don't want to do that. Like I think our rotation is strong enough, we can we can manage that. But I do like it in a chickpea because it allows us to use something um, pre-emergent like an authority, which is really really good on kochia, and then follow it up with an in-season application of Clearfield and get or uh, of Solo and get a really good looking um, chickpea crop like very clean um, it fits our weed spectrum really good um, yeah. so I guess I like that trade in there um, you know we haven't grown chickpeas you know um, over large acres on our farm so our the other diseases um, aren't a huge concern right now like we still definitely have to be managed um, so any any advantage we can keep going forward with improved ascochyta is always important um, but for the most part I'm I'm just really excited about the herbicide option we have. Oh, that's great. Yeah, CDC Lancer is turning out to be a fantastic variety. It is, it's the highest yielding right now that's available and it's going to be hard to beat. I think, you know, we've got some, you know, new ones coming along that look really good, but I'm not sure they're going to be Lancers. So it's going to be setting the bar in terms of yield for sure. It's good to know you pick the right one every once in a while, I guess. Yeah. You know, Brad probably knows the seed game. You don't always pick right when you start oh, yeah, off. Sure. Well, it's true. And, and, you know, releasing new varieties too. You know, you're going off of yield trial data, which, you know, is very useful, but sometimes uh, it doesn't quite translate uh, into the field. Yeah, it's always a, a bit of a guessing game until you get it out there in actual production. 
Another new chickpea is CDC Orkney. Uh, it has a slight advantage for resistance to ascochyta, um, and it's close in yield to Lancers, but uh, uh, not quite as high. So what advice or thoughts do you have for growers uh, that are potentially looking at a new variety uh, for their rotation? You know, those uh, those showcase trials I thought were were fantastic. And uh, yeah. if, they're, if they're looking at some new varieties, I'd strongly recommend that they, you know, go onto the Pulse Growers website and find a trial near them, uh, something in their soil zone with their climate, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, go see how they're growing, how they're performing. Um, you know, they've yeah. all got different positives and negatives to them and he can you know size it up and pick a variety that suits his type of operation and how he wants to uh to manage it you know uh, agronomically yeah probably you know it's always a good idea too to do a comparison you know maybe grow the new one alongside a variety that you know they've been growing for a long time and just see how it how they compare yeah, absolutely. That's that's a great way to do it. Um, try a few acres, and you know you don't have to go all in or nothing. It's uh, <clears throat> it's just good to start playing around with some of that because you can. Uh, well, the showcase showed that there's a lot of a lot of strong varieties, and they're definitely worth taking a look at. Yeah, for sure. And Nick, do you have some good advice for growers on varieties? Oh, I have some advice. Sounds good, but we'll we'll start with. Uh, <laughs> Um, yeah, like I think there's tons of information out there and sometimes you can get information overload um, with, yes. you know, where to go. Um, one I really like that is the, um, the, the SAS Seed Interactive Seed Guide and it's, it's available and basically it's, a, it's just a mobile platform to search, to search seed, um, understand how, you know, understand yield, understand characteristic results, your fingertips, and then it also points you to where you can find it really, really quickly to a seed grower yeah, rate. Yeah, that um, is a good uh, feature of that. Yeah, so I think it's I think it's a really good tool for people searching. I think there's lots of good opportunity for people to um, do their own homework, but also, uh, you know, I, I don't think you have to, you know, blow everything up to start over either. You know, I think you, I think you identify what you want to try to change. Use one or two things, um, and then look for that variety. And like I said, it's not a you're not married to a variety forever. Yes, it is an investment, um, but I think that there's, you know, it, it's only a a bad investment if you don't learn anything from it. I guess you know what I mean. Like you do have to. It's not going to be an overnight success, I don't think. Um, but I would just do your homework. Um, you know, seed growers generally have these varieties for three or four years before the commercial farmer does for the most part. So they usually have seen them or tested them um, a little bit so you can talk to talk to them. But then again, even uh, Laura, you and your uh, your staff that you work with, you know, you guys have a ton of experience with these varieties too. And I don't know, you guys have always been pretty friendly to me when I've called out and asked questions. <laughs> so I wouldn't be afraid to to call and, uh, you know, talk to somebody there and, and, uh, yeah, ask your opinion on a variety. Oh, thank you. Yeah. We're more than willing to, to, uh, answer questions and yeah, growers are more than welcome to call, to call us for sure. The other, uh, tool that can be used is we've launched a regional variety trial, uh, portal on online that, uh, 
Growers can search by by area and by year and look at you know comparisons of data. Gives a little bit more of a broader perspective than uh, just you know means within a total area. So that's another tool that growers can access. That's awesome. Honestly, the more local searchability um, information you can have, that's a really good thing for everybody. For sure. Okay, I think that wraps up our discussion today. I want to give a big thank you to both Nick Petruic and Brad Tomteen for joining us. You're welcome, Laura. Thank you. Yeah, it's my pleasure, Laurie. It's uh, great to visit with you and all your expertise. Appreciate that. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> and also thank everyone for tuning into this podcast. Uh, we encourage everyone to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss upcoming episodes. And to stay up to date with SPG, you can subscribe to our mailing list on our website. We send out regular updates, keeping you informed on global markets, new technologies, and trends in pulse production. And thank you to everyone for tuning into the Pulse of the Prairies podcast. <laughs>